listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. I am Tiny, sitting across from me, John Long. Hello. Uh, what was Susie doing behind the refrigerator? That's the question that just popped into my mind as I hit record on this thing. The old nursery rhyme, you know, uh, behind the refrigerator was a piece of glass. Susie sat upon it. What What was she doing back there in the first place? Who goes behind the refrigerator to sit down? Uh, I don't know. And how would she even get back there? Well, maybe the refrigerator wasn't pushed up against the wall. A hundred percent of kitchens I have been in sure. have had the refrigerator pushed against the wall. Let me ask you this. It makes no sense. Do better, school children. <laughs> and by school children, I'm talking about Gen Xers. Do you it think makes no sense? People like Susie apparently was weird because she desired <laughs> to get behind the refrigerator. And then complained about sitting on glass right. and cutting herself. And cutting herself. Yeah. Which will happen. If you sit on glass. That's true. But maybe she was like cleaning up the glass and oh. happened to sit down. And she, she was had, sitting down on the job. Oh, yeah. That's Fire right. Fire her. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. How this is, We're recording a little late because it was Father's Day. How was your Father's Day? It was great. Yeah. Mine was pretty good, too. I got a wallet. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got a coffee mug, which coffee mugs are kind of my thing. I like okay. coffee mugs. This one had Bandit and Bluey and Bingo on it. I don't know who those a, are. They're from the the cartoon Bluey. Okay. okay. I don't know who yes. they are. Well, I'm out of it. I'm out of the cartoon I was about to say, game. Your, your kids are older now, yeah. so it makes sense that you're not familiar. But yeah. uh, And I don't expect you to watch a children's show with <laughs> sure. teenagers in the house. Just know that it is the best show. Okay. All Better right. than Gravity Falls? Ooh, why'd you have to bring up Gravity Falls? Because Gravity it Falls is, is a kid's show, really. It is the second best show okay. <laughs> ever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't do anything. Really, we we had to shuttle Hudson to camp and all that. And uh, we didn't have like a big Father's Day celebration or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it was a good day. Just a lazy day, except for Deidre. About four o'clock was like, hey. Let's go to Lowe's. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> it's Father's Day, you know? And she's like, well, I want to get uh, some touch-up markers. We got uh, some scratches in our floor that the previous owner had left, and mm-hmm. she wanted to get some touch-up markers to fix it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so we went <laughs> to Lowe's, and then she was like, let's look at plants. And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not planting plants. It's Father's Day. <laughs> So Thomas and Libby were with us, and on our way back, we were riding. We came up Watermelon Road because we were just uh, we had went to TCBY. Uh-huh. We came up Watermelon Road, and there's that big cemetery there. And I was like, "Hey guys, you know uh, how many dead people are in that cemetery?" And they were like, "No," and I was like, "All of them," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And then Deidre started critiquing my joke. It was oh, like, really? Oh, you should have worded it this way. And I was like, Deidre, <laughs> on Father's Day, no less, you critique my dad joke. You do know you're talking to a professional podcaster That's here. Right. How many comedy podcasts have you done, Deidre? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, how dare you disrespect me like this on Father's Day <laughs> in front of two of my children? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I would never do this to you on Mother's Day. <laughs> 
So anyways, that's how my Father's Day went. And I remember years ago, and you probably don't even remember this, but me and Tara were somewhat newlyweds. We've been married maybe 18 months or so. Uh-huh. We bumped into you at Northport Walmart. Okay. And we were like, hey, John, what's up? What you doing? And you were like, oh, I'm just getting these uh, little wire nails. Deidre wants me to hang up all these pictures in the house. Uh-huh. And Tara uh, immediately laser beam focuses on me and she's like you've got a lot of paintings that you need to put up too and i just remember i looked at you and said do you do you see what you've done i don't remember that you asked a question i answered it honestly yes. with no ill intentions and um yeah my bad about that yeah it's i think it's great that you waited all these years to entrap me into a podcast <laughs> As revenge. Yeah. Master plan, really, on your part. It's all come together. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's see if I got anything I want to talk about at the top of the show that I've written down this week. Uh, oh, all right, everybody needs to join the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been hammering on that. But I am, I've set up to record with Mud Hut, who I've referenced a million times, and it's going to be a Patreon only episode. <laughs> this is patrons exclusive yeah. content because one or both of us may cuss. All right, <laughs> not to mention disappear right after some of these re- revelations sure. are brought oh, yeah. to light. Well, look, we had the third eagle with us too, and <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Like, all right, so the first thing is I have not seen Andrew in person in three years. Mm-hmm. We've texted and all that, talked on the phone a few times, and haven't seen him in person. And so the day, Friday, during the day, I was like, man, man, I, I need to get together with Mud Hut. You yeah, know, it's I, been a seen while. I was just thinking that to myself while I was at work. And then I show up to the VBS blowout. And there he is. <laughs> now, here's something more. So I manifested that Mud Hut was going to be there. I had no idea his kids were coming to BBS or mm-hmm. whatever. But logically, it makes sense. And the crazy thing is, is three years ago when I saw him, it was at church on Halloween. And I was wearing the same shirt I had on that <laughs> night. And he, oh, I showed him the picture because I have a picture on the old Roly Poly Instagram of us from that night. Right. Because that was a Halloween fall festival. He dressed as a roly-poly employee, and he had his roly-poly T-shirt on. And he was like, I'm not lying, John. I pulled that shirt out to wear it tonight, but it was too wrinkled for me to put it on. And I was like, man. Wow. I was like, we haven't been together enough for our brains to be 100% linked. But, but they're almost there. There's still a, a, <laughs> a piece of sinew linking us, cosmic sinew linking us together. So anyways... So then immediately we start talking about everything. Mm-hmm. And probably in the first five minutes, you could ask Dieter because she was down there. Andrew is like, man, all these low level celebrities are dying because of the Androchrome. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, all your really big ones, the queen and all yes. that, and your huge stars are still getting their supply, but your low-level Bob Saget's and such, that's why all of them have been dying here recently. Right. And I was like, makes perfect sense to me, brother. <laughs> I was like, I see no flaw in this logic. They got Epstein and Maxwell, so of course the supply is depleted. They're probably running through orphanages right now, you know? <laughs> and so 
that's how that conversation went. Uh-huh. And then we stood outside and watched our kids play and talked about a lot of crazy stuff. So I'm going to get together with him. I'll record it on my iPhone. Audio quality may be spotty, but <laughs> it'll be fun. And we're going to talk about anything and everything. It may be like a five-part series if once we get together and start talking. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, it does sound fun. So... So look forward to that, patrons. Yeah, join the Patreon. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll have it done. I was going to try to get together with him this week, and I remember I had some meetings on the mm-hmm. days he gets off early, and his wife works at night, so most of the time, I don't know how he's got this life of Riley when his wife his wife works at the sleep clinic. So she studies people when they do their sleep apnea test or right. whatever. Well, then his two kids go and stay with his mother and father-in-law that night, and he's just got a whole evening to himself once a week. <laughs> Really? How do you manage that? I don't know. It's amazing, though. Oh, man. Tara would never leave me alone for that long. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, man, kings to you, Mud Hut. Kings to you. So, And I don't know if we'll get the third eagle in on it. I kind of want to get just me and Mud Hut to begin with. Then mm-hmm. maybe we'll do another episode. I, say, I feel like the audience, you have to ease the audience yeah, into no. 30. <laughs> he will blow their mind. <laughs> he, he will blow their mind. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great to see them together and all of us together. And I was like, look, Andrew, it's time to come back to the Creek, buddy. You know, like this Mm -hmm. is your home church, you know? (laughs) I was like, you're here, you know? And I was like, this is our opportunity to seize power, you know? And uh, he uh, he wasn't going for it. So he's stubborn. Only reason he won't come to Carroll's Creek is because I want him to. I think if I pretended <laughs> if you, I didn't if you want just to. Like, if you're like, hey, you should go to some other church. I, I'd be like, man, look, I'm I'm glad you're happy at Christ Harbor, man. That's a great church. I know Mr. Kearns and all that, or Dr. Kearns, whatever he is now. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a great church. I'm glad. I'm happy you're there. Like the next Sunday, he would start coming to our church, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But I can't do that because he would know I was faking because our brains are linked. They've right. always been linked. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to take everybody through the whole history of me and Mud Hut. And then on into outer space, into maybe, the <laughs> into the DMT realm. Maybe we could start a rumor that like somebody in your family's like mad at him and doesn't want him to come, <laughs> and then he would start coming. <laughs> Do you know he's afraid of my mom? No, yeah, because my mom can read minds. If you didn't know that, <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. Wow, my mom can look at you and be like, "You're sad." You know, mm-hmm. and the first time Andrew met my mom, this is when he was just a young wolf pup. Uh, he came back to the kitchen and was like, man, your mom looked me in the eyes and she could see into my soul. It was like, <laughs> I've never felt anything like that ever before. And I was like, yeah, man, imagine growing up <laughs> with that in your house. Yeah. It's like, it's all amazing and frightening at the same time. So, hmm. yeah. So shout out to my mom who is in tune with the universe as well. So. There we go. Well, as far as odd as odd as that is, what what's, what news happened this well, past week? We're going to talk about blood donations. Okay. Uh, speaking of and Androchrome, is that what it's called? I think it's Andrenochrome. Andrenochrome. Yeah. I think there were some club hits that were called <laughs> Andre titled Andrenochrome or something okay. back a couple of years back. Uh, we're going to talk about elephants, and we're going to talk about hogs. Okay. Uh, I have a story about single Japanese men in their twenties. Okay. <laughs> I have a. <laughs> That's, they're always a problem. <laughs> well, sometimes they're sometimes they're not, but at the same time they are. But uh, <laughs> also, I've got a story that comes out of Alberta about jury duty. But I wanted to stop with this one. Speaking of Andrina Chrome, Ghislaine Maxwell 
She claims that, uh, or her lawyers claim, I should say. Sure. Say that it, her inmate planned to strangle her in her sleep for cash. Oh, okay. Now, Hillary Clinton would not be the sloppy. Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a Clinton so hit. She'd is, already be dead. This is probably a lower level hit. Yeah. But uh, this claim was made uh, in court papers in which Maxwell's lawyers pleaded for leniency ahead of her, ahead of her June 28th sentencing. Where is the client list, Tiny? We don't know. Why, why are we keeping that under wraps? You know why we're keeping it under wraps. <laughs> sure, I know. Because there's why a I'm lot asking of big names on that list that they are not going to let me and you, the public, find out sure, about. Sure, right. Yes. And everybody called us conspiracy theorists. A lot of people owe every every all of us conspiracy theorists an apology for this. <laughs> yes. Well, we told y'all this was going to happen. We told y'all... Our government and world was ran by an elite group of pedophiles. Y'all laughed at us, and we're right. And they're not releasing the list because we're right. Mm -hmm. So there you go. One of Ghislaine Maxwell's fellow inmates was offered money to murder her and plan to strangle her in her sleep, according to lawyers for the longtime Jeffrey Epstein confidant and convicted sex trafficker. The claim was made in court papers in which Maxwell's lawyers pleaded for leniency. One of the female inmates in Ms. Maxwell's housing unit told at least three of her other inmates that she had been offered money to murder Ms. Maxwell and that she planned to strangle her in her sleep. Unnamed inmate here, mm -hmm. you need to keep your mouth closed. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Unless you want to wind up on that hit list yourself. <laughs> right. You yeah. need to quit blabbing to all your girlfriends. Yeah, that ain't no good. Yeah. Uh, the inmate claimed that an additional 20 years in prison would be worth the money that she would receive for killing Maxwell, the lawyers wrote. Hmm. I'm guessing this is uh this is probably life-changing money for her kids or <laughs> yeah, her so family. Yeah. yeah. It ain't changing her life. She's gonna be in jail, you know, but yeah, for her family. Which I mean, 20 do you think she would get 20 years for Killing somebody, probably. I, I mean, murder's murder, right? Murder's murder, but it seems kind of light. I mean, this oh, is Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I would think if somebody was willing to pay you a large sum of money, I, w I would negotiate a release. You know, mm -hmm. like, look, I'm going to kill her. Y'all getting me out of here. I ain't staying in here for forever, right? right. Like, and, and don't, let's not, We. I know you have the power yeah, right. to do it. Yes. Don't whatever tell you me you do. can't do this. Yeah, get everything I know you lined up, talk to whatever judges you need to talk to mm -hmm. get everything pardoned or whatever yeah and then get biden to commute my sentence or whatever and then i'll kill her and i'll walk out the door let me know let me ask you if you were guaranteed that you wouldn't receive any prison time mm -hmm. and you were offered 10 million dollars mm -hmm. to kill glenn maxwell would mm -hmm. you do it no i wouldn't you wouldn't i'm, I'm anti-murder i was about to say you're a principled man that's yes. right i'm anti-murder that's a commandment you can't go breaking <laughs> the commandments it says uh it, well it says that uh, well yeah i guess it would be murder yeah thou shalt not kill it's very simple <laughs> well, it's really it's thou shalt not murder yeah that's true but if you are killing and this isn't like you know a sentence that's been handed down if you're not the the guard administering lethal injection or something, then yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that either. If I worked at the prison, they're like, no, you got to be the guy who flips <laughs> the switch on the electric chair or whatever. I'm like, no, I can't do that. What about man. for $20 million? Maybe for $20 million. 
<laughs> because if you don't do it, they're just going to turn to Mud Hut and say, all right, would you be the one to flip the switch? That's fine. Mud Hut would share it with me. But uh, I like how you're like, Ted DiBiase, every man has a price, you know? <laughs> Well, what is your price, John? To just to murder somebody? Just to, like randomly? <laughs> no, no, not like randomly. A, We're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell. Carrying out carrying out a function of the state to murder somebody. In this example, yes. Carrying out I think 20 million. Doing your job. Yeah, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> yes. I'm just clogging in. <laughs> She's in the big yellow mama. I'm flipping the switch. She's fried. And on the way home, you're just like, Oh, Deidre, you don't understand. My job is murder. <laughs> I think as soon as I flip the switch, I'll be like, Father, forgive me. You know, like, <laughs> right. uh, I'm sorry, but I got to have a job. You know? <laughs> like, this also, is my job. You did put in Romans that <laughs> you give this authority to the state sure. to wield the sword. Sure. In this case, the, the state put the sword in my hand. That's right. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. I, I'm the guy. I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'd stay out of that situation. I could, I'd be so. It's funny because, you know, like I don't care about anything, but that really mm-hmm. does. I Thinking about that just kind of bothers me. I don't know that I could end somebody else's life that wasn't trying to end mine or my family's. Right. Now, you try to kill me or my family, I'm going to kill you dead. I'm going to try my best to at least. Mm-hmm. So, But other than that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even if they were like, yeah, this lady was trafficking children around the world. We've convicted her. You got to be the person who pushes a lethal injection. I'd have trouble with that. You know, she's just like laying there all defenseless and stuff <laughs> or strapped into the, I don't think people use the electric chair anymore, but if they did. Okay. New example. Okay. She, uh, she's given a sword and she gets her freedom. <laughs> she got to fight. Would you, go, <laughs> would you go in there with superior weaponry? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a sporting chance. I like that better. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I got like a like uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, I got an AK-47 and she's got a sword. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would 100% mow her down. Yeah, I was like, yes, that's fine. That would yeah. be fun, you know, because <laughs> I'd shoot at her feet and make her dance first. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get for giving 16-year-old girls to Prince Charles. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to kneecap her first, let her suffer a little bit. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, you're trying to kill me, lady. You, you're the one that came to the came with the sword here. You know, this was defense. Yeah. <laughs> this was self defense. <laughs> Just call me Rittenhouse, bro. <laughs> oh man, I, I bet you forgot about Rittenhouse. No, I had. Oh man, <laughs> because I tell you what, I really thought that after he was found not guilty, sure, that he would slowly. Yeah, you the shadows right. and keep a low profile for the rest of his life. This guy has not done that. Sure, he is. He needs some what? wise count. He needs someone to step up and give him some counsel. What is the dude's name that killed Trayvon Martin? Oh, that was uh, George Zimmerman. Yeah, Zimmerman. Yes. Yeah, he didn't fade away either. Like no, he, he. In fact, he like saved a family's life. Yeah. that was in a car accident. After that, beat up his girlfriend. Sure. <laughs> Smack around your girl. OJ didn't fade away. No. Like people who have high public highly publicized murder trials tend to just save it, love the spotlight, I guess. I guess so, yeah. It's weird. Gotta stay in the 
Huh. In the yeah. headlines. Rittenhouse, he announced this week, I think it was, that he was going to Texas A&M, and Texas A&M was like, you know, we hadn't admitted you into school yet. I don't even think you've applied, you know? Mm-hmm. You're just down here visiting your friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. He could be in the SEC with us. <laughs> <laughs> SEC continues to dominate. Sure. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't pick Alabama. Like, why yeah. would you pick A&M over Alabama? Hmm. I guess he maybe just... Maybe they offered him a better deal. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's got an NIL deal with him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know they tried to get Saban, uh, like, reprimanded by the SEC for saying that, that stuff? Yeah. Huh. They're, they're a bunch of nerds. You know? <laughs> they got their feelings hurt, and they went and cried to daddy. We're like, no, you got to get on to him and sanction him or whatever. And Which, I mean, now, granted, I just... Let me put it out there. I am very biased, but he sure. said that he, you know, at no point did I say they did anything wrong. Right. All I said is this is changing the game. Yeah. This, that's all he said. Yeah, that's like, all he said. Hey, you guys bought your class, which everybody in the world was saying. <laughs> every person in the world, every recruiting expert, every college football fan that's not a casual football fan was like, yeah, Texas A&M has got a ton of oil money. They just bought their recruiting class. Mm-hmm. It's changing the and game. Now that, and now that they can do it, yeah. why wouldn't they do right. it? Right. Why would you yeah, not? Why would you not yeah. do that? And I think really Saban was saying all that to be like, all right, guys, y'all. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> yeah, we need to get some money going. You want me to keep winning, right? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dodge Chargers ain't doing it anymore. You know? <laughs> These kids are wanting millions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, tomorrow at Celebrate Local, which is a little thing here in Tuscaloosa down at the River Market. Okay. We have an athlete showing up. For an NIL deal at Spiller Furniture with him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't even know who it is. <laughs> it's some softball player, you know? Oh, never Every, mind. Everybody acted really excited about it when they announced it, so I just went along with it, and I was like, yeah, I don't really watch women's softball, you know, so I don't know. Hmm. I know we got a good softball team usually, and that's about it. I know – I don't even know anybody on the team. So, yeah, here we go. So we're, we got an NIL deal from Spiller Furniture. <laughs> And for a while, I had like a promotional poster of Terrence Cody okay. standing beside their top gymnast, okay. whose name I don't remember either. <laughs> Mount Cody's a little problematic, too. You know, he got in trouble. Yeah. He pulled a Michael Vick. He was fighting dogs or well, something like that. He was abusing yeah. animals in some way. But, man, he was great for us. <laughs> he he blocked those two field goals against Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. All-time, one of my favorite moments in Alabama history. Yeah, loved it. All I right. thought I had resigned. I was like, this is it. We're going to get beat. Yeah, right. Oh, man. I was standing in my living room by myself in Northwind Lake or Northwind Circle where we used to mm-hmm. live. Heather and Eddie lived across the street from us, and they could hear me screaming inside my house <laughs> when my doors open because <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd have like, taken my helmet off, too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gary Danielson's going to get all offended about, like, oh, we should get penalized for that. Get Which, out of I mean, here. If we had it got penalized, they, they wouldn't have given him another shot, another kick. I don't know. Would we, it? I don't want – because it was after the down. Just, oh, yeah, it was a yeah. dead ball penalty or right, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how we got from <laughs> Ghislaine to Mount Cody. Anyway, all this – It was a this, long and winding road. Yes. Um, our, Ghislaine's lawyers, they're, uh, they've also said a bunch of other stuff about, like, her – her dad was mean to her, and that's oh, why course. she had to start had to like traffic a, children. <laughs> that's why she had to traffic children and start a blackmail business. But uh, anyway, 
here it is. We her sentencing comes up June twenty eighth. Okay, in which we'll find out that she gets I don't know probation, like six months probation. <laughs> she has to wear an ankle monitor. They'll give her a twenty year sentence, but she'll be out like in the next eighteen months. She's confined to Epstein's Island for the next year, <laughs> you know, yes. like a house arrest. And she's not allowed to be within 50 yards of a school. Sure. <laughs> right. I would like to see her have to register as a sex offender at the very least, you know? <laughs> oh, at the least. At the yes. very least. She should be registered now. I think her punishment, if I was a judge, this is why they wouldn't let me be a judge. I'd be like, all right, Ghislaine, you're going to spend, whatever, 10 years in prison. And before you start your sentence, you have to read this client list out loud on televised news. <laughs> yeah. Live. Live in on front Twitch. of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're, we're going to stand you right here in the courtroom. <laughs> yes. And we're gonna, you read every name on this list. And then we're sending you to prison for 10 years. Good luck to you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's excellent. Sure. That's what, that's creative punishment right there. Um, Punishment fits the crime. Right. Now, um, do you donate blood? Of uh, course not. You don't donate your <laughs> organs, right? I've donated blood before. I do not donate blood. Okay, because you're scared of needles. I'm scared of needles. Okay. I, in fact, they tried to guilt me into it one time mm-hmm. at the hospital. I had to lie and said I had hepatitis, so they'd leave me alone. I remember, uh, and this was a long time ago, I, I went, and I think it was after Hurricane Katrina, they were saying, hey, we need blood, so I went to, to give blood. Yeah. And I tell you that if if you if you give blood, just you may want to give them your parents' phone number. Yeah, oh, they'll keep bugging you, <laughs> or like a landline, because yes, you're going to get phone calls all the time. Like after after however many weeks it's been, and you can donate again, they're going to call you. Like, yeah. well, we're in a perpetual blood shortage because elites have to drink the blood. That's what they're getting it all for, right? <laughs> right. Sure. Male blood donor. Was ref- who refused to say if he was pregnant was turned away. Hmm. Now this is we're always in a blood shortage, and they've turned him away. Uh, a male blood donor was turned away after refusing to indicate if he was pregnant. Leslie Sinclair. Oh, that's where they got him. His name's Leslie, <laughs> who is sixty six, is a retired driver for an engineering company, is a committed donor who has given given 125 pints of blood in the last 50 years. However, on his most recent trip um, to Albert Hall's clinic in Sterling, Scotland, he was barred from donating after he said it was unnecessary for him to answer a question on a form asking if he was pregnant as he is a man in his 60s. And this is probably the first time he's ever been asked that question. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I mean, if he's been a yeah. a dedicated blood donor all this time, I I find it odd that this would be that the this, one time <laughs> just now. He's like, up. no, yeah, I said no all those other times, right. but I'm tired of I'm tired of saying no to that. Unless question. it's been like he's been on Facebook and he's seen all this men can get <laughs> pregnant stuff, and he's finally fed up with it. Uh, staff at the clinic said they could not accept his blood unless he provided a response, arguing that it is not always clear if someone is pregnant. And the policy is in place to promote inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. We're always promoting inclusiveness in the world. Pregnant women or those with a baby which is not yet six months old are not allowed to give blood. The father of two said he has been giving blood since he was 18 and has never had any issues before. 
Um, it's nonsensical and it makes me angry because there are vulnerable people waiting for blood, including children and in desperate need of help, but they have been denied my blood because of the obligation to answer a question that can't possibly be answered. Well, I think the simple answer would be like, no. I mean, I was about to say, technically, it can be answered. Right. And and I get I get his point. I'm sure maybe, okay, people get aggravated about stuff. Yes. But to, to play devil's advocate here, if you're really worried about those kids who can't get your blood, exactly. you could have just said no. no. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Professor Mark Turner, who is a director of the Scottish National Blood Transfusion Service, said, we appreciate the support of each and every one of our donor community and thank Mr. Sinclair for his commitment over a long number of years. Whilst pregnancy is only a relevant question to those whose biological sex or sex assigned at birth is female, sex assigned at birth is not always visually clear to the staff. We've That's all, good yeah. point. We've all seen some ugly <laughs> ladies out there. Yeah. We've all seen some dandy dudes. Yes. As a public, he went on to say, as a public body, we take cognizance of changes in society around how such questions may be asked without discrimination and have a duty to promote inclusiveness. Therefore, all donors are now asked the same questions. Hmm. So, this dude, like you said, is just making a stand because he's fed up with it all. That's that's a hundred percent what it is. Yes, because he doesn't care. I mean, he wants to help the kids, but he don't want to help them that much. <laughs> he don't want to. Yeah, he don't want to help them. He's just fed up. He's, he's old, not pregnant, and yeah. he's like he he's one of those. He's your uncle on Facebook, basically. <laughs> I bet you know. I mean, look, it's yes, it oh, is, it's a ridiculous yeah. question. Uh, got that? Sure. Okay. Yes. Right. That said. We do ridiculous stuff every day. Yes. You know? And I want to say my my uncles that are on Facebook, which I think Uncle Tommy's the only one that I have on Facebook, they're cool. They don't do anything mm-hmm. like this. Uncle's just a great term for me to throw out because everybody's got a crazy uncle right. usually. So, yeah, I just want to clarify <laughs> that. Mine has a Calvin and Hobbes, but it's uh, Donald Trump. And it oh, says he's liberals, he's peeing on liberals. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that was back in... Uh, 2016. I don't oh, know nice. still. I got behind, he may not have that van anymore. <laughs> on my way home from work, I got behind a truck that had an FJB sticker, huge on the back of it. <laughs> right. And then it had another sticker that looked like the continental flag that said, carry like it's 1776. I wonder what side of the aisle he's on politically. I wanted to pull him over and be like, you would have deserted at Valley Forge. You know, like you have no idea what you're talking about. You would have your fat butt would have been running home as soon as it got cold. You wouldn't even been there for Baron Von Steuben. Well, now to be fair, we don't know. I know he may have stood there and got shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, I know this dude wasn't gonna make it. Well, no, man, you're not gonna make it. That's what I would have done. I would have stood War. there in, in in a line. Yeah. and got shot. <laughs> Do you know how much tougher those dudes were than us? Oh yeah, absolutely, like a hundred percent tougher. They don't do those dudes. Like, I feel like if I was just thrown out into the wilderness, sure. You know, I, I had a few years of Boy Scouts. I feel yeah. like I could barely survive. 
But these dudes would have no issue. Absolutely they would not. Thrive in the wilderness. Here's the thing. You know, we fought not a lot of battles in traditional. You know, we learned a lot from the peaceful natives and how they attacked us, mm-hmm. and so we used a lot of that. You know, <laughs> but we did fight a few where we just lined up across the field from them, and we're just firing off shots at each oh, other. Yeah. Imagine the stones it takes to stand there. And you're like, no, they're reloading. They're about to shoot at us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That would. They're, those are real men. I mean, granted, their firearms back then were not the most right. accurate. Yes. That said, is they're going to hit somebody. Some, yeah, they got cannons, too. I mean, you don't just line up and yeah. nobody gets shot. Right. Or yeah. like, uh, I, mean, I, was, I was listening to this thing about Gettysburg. You know, I'm on my history kick. Like, those guys are wearing, like, wool uniforms. Gettysburg is in July. It's like 98 degrees. They're out there fighting a battle in wool uniforms, running up and down the hills. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. They're a different breed than us. So Absolutely. We would wither in 1776. (laughs) I'd be like, let's fight at nighttime. Plus, they don't see as well. (laughs) Yeah. Look, if we got everybody together. That and we got in a time machine and we went back to 1776 and we're like, hey, General Washington, we're here to help, you know. We, we would, would dominate. We would be <laughs> we would be under British rule, you know. They I would disagree. destroy us. I did, if we could go back with modern day oh, we're not tactics. Taking, you can't take your technology, you know. We might Why can take our you? tactics. I was about yeah. to say, yeah, standing up in a line, this, nah. Well, uh-uh. we didn't do it as much of that as you think, as the paintings would make you think. Because mm-hmm. like I say, the peaceful natives taught us ambush is the way to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. you have the home field advantage. You know where everything is. Ambush is a way to go. You know, I mean, there was some of that, mm-hmm. uh, like Yorktown and Concord and all that. But a lot of it, we were just, we were just lining up in the woods and picking them off. Uh, what's that movie with Mel Gibson where he's oh, the uh, Swamp Box, but he's not really the Swamp Box? The Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah, that's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I hadn't right. watched it in a while. It's a great movie. Yeah, so I need to watch it again. That's you know about Francis Francis Marion. Is that the movie that is that the dude that's the movie was based loosely on? based okay. on him? Yeah, that's the Swamp Fox. I, I, I've seen the movie. <laughs> oh man, you got to read about Francis Marion. Don't get me fired up. We got a whole show. I don't want to talk about Francis Marion. Okay. I'm still on Lafayette. So all right, yeah, all right. Well, anyway, the uh, next story here, John. Have you ever had jury duty? I've been called three times, and I haven't made it on the jury yet. I have never had jury duty, and I hear people complain about it. I've always kind of wanted to. To be called and, and just yeah. see what it's like. Yeah, I don't like people shirking their civic duty. I bet you carry like a 1776 dude would like to get out of jury duty. <laughs> I mean, I would like to just once hold someone's fate in my hands. Sure. Or at least I'm one of 12. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. That's why I would like to deadlock one. Like, <laughs> I'm the one guy that won't vote like everybody else. Like, no, nah, I think you guys are all wrong. Y'all heard different stuff than I did. I know. I know. I'm very uh, close to a person who was on a jury one time, and it was a, uh, I think it was like a lawsuit over like an insurance payout or something. Uh-huh. And all of the other 11 jurors were like, yes, the, the insurance w- was wrong here. That right. person is entitled to their payout. And this person was the lone one saying, no, yeah, the the insurance company was wrong, but they don't need all that money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. Anyway, uh, well, apparently in Alberta, a sheriff can can come up to you and hand you a summons, and you'd leave with them and go to the courthouse if they're running short on 
jurors. Oh, wow. Uh, Alberta sheriffs round up dozens from downtown Calgary Mall and force them into jury duty. Well, you know, Canada and their despot leader, Trudeau, <laughs> this sounds like par for the course for up there, right? <laughs> Be glad they didn't freeze your bank account yeah, for right. donating to a protest they didn't like. If you don't serve on the jury, <laughs> we're going to freeze your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, imagine grabbing your lunch during your break and Alberta sheriff hands you a piece of paper and says you're coming with them either voluntarily or in cuffs. This happened to dozens of people Thursday at the core shopping center in downtown Calgary. Don't go get lunch down there. No, yeah. <laughs> Their sales went down. Except for me. I would be going there <laughs> yeah, every day. Absolutely. Please pick me. Yeah, Please put, pick put me. me on the murder trial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, that happened to dozens of people. Okay, I read that part. The sheriffs were able to issue the court summons using what's called the Talesman Procedure, something Calgarians haven't experienced in 26 years. It means the court ran out of potential jurors and people are being forced to serve with no notice whether they like it or not. Huh. There's a picture here. Uh, someone snapped a pic of the, the summons. Quote, the sitting judge may, he or she may, send out the sheriffs to go round up people for jury duty and essentially serve people with a summons to attend jury duty on the spot, explained lawyer Brian Hurley from Liberty Law. Under this special provision, the roundup provision, if you will, you can still tell the judge when you get to court, listen, ma'am, or listen, sir, this is an undue hardship for me for these reasons, and you might be excused. But you have to follow the sheriff to the courthouse and explain yourself there. Uh, you got to follow him? Well, you, you, well, gotta, you just take a quick ride and lose him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess if you've handed over your documentation, if they know who you are. Yeah, I guess they, that's they right. I guess your you driver's later, license yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's why you should always carry a fake ID, John. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I have three different passports on me at all times. Yeah. This one, what's your name, sir? Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> Pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> City News captured footage of Alberta sheriffs handing people what looked like flyers at the mall. Then when people <laughs> accepted the papers, the sheriffs ordered them a choice to come back with them to the courthouse or to go with them by force. That's why I never accept flyers from people. <laughs> yeah. Never. It's like that Mitch Hedberger, that joke is like when somebody hands me a flyer, it's like they're saying, here, you throw this away for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, several several people were seen frustrated, reluctantly following the officers after being handed the summons. In a statement to City News, Justice Minister Tyler Shindero's office explains the clause is written in Section 242.1 of the Criminal Code, which provides the presiding justice to require judges to summon people from nearby locations and fill vacant spots in a jury upon request of the Crown Prosecutor. In this case... 80 potential jurors had to go to court for jury duty that day. They got 80 of them, man. Well, I mean, that makes sense. You probably got a bunch of trials. It just goes on and on about this is the law and these people had to go. It says here, if you don't go, they do have the right to arrest you. So a person would be advised to go. At the same time, you can also plead your case to the court. I mean, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, For example, if someone had significant surgery, blah, blah, blah. No way. That's it. Okay. So if you don't want to go to jury duty... Well, I guess you have to. You have you stay have, away from the mall. <laughs> you at least have to go to court. I imagine if you get there, you could probably be like, "Well, obviously this system is something wrong. Is wrong yeah. with this system? This person is innocent." 
You know? I hate I hate the police. <laughs> yes. They're probably it's probably like they're trying all the trucker rally people. So you can just be like, I love Trump, you know. <laughs> oh, you're dismissed, sir. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, way to go. I mean, I, I guess you gotta make it work one way or the other. Mm-hmm. People love getting out of jury duty. There's a lady who works for me that asked me to write a letter to the court saying she needed to be at work instead of going to jury duty. And I was like, I can't do that. Hmm. I was like, we have to, you know, like we're required by law to let you off if you get summoned, you know? Right. Like, I can't help you out. Do your civic duty, you know? Mm-hmm. Go put somebody in jail, you know? <laughs> right. Like, make it fun. <laughs> like, okay, you probably won't get to be the person to actually administered the lethal injection. No. But you could be the person next best thing, right? That says, yes, you need to give this person lethal injection. <laughs> I would love to be on a jury for like a like a mob thing and be and like I take bribes, guys. You know? <laughs> like yeah. just let the mafia know I will take a bribe. The defendant. What is is this a, a person of means? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Judge. I have a few questions before I start my term on the jury. How much is the net worth of the person? And yeah, I need to see the defendant's tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Trump on trial, you might have a shot at getting them. You know? Yeah. Um. Well, let's talk about hogs. Okay. Feral hogs find and destroy cocaine worth $22,000 hidden in the woods. <laughs> well, now, did they did they destroy it or did they snort it all? <laughs> They're like... A <laughs> <laughs> stash of cocaine worth twenty two grand hidden in an Italian forest by a gang of suspected drug dealers was reportedly destroyed by wild boars. Police dismantled the smuggling operation in Tuscany after placing a wiretap on members of the gang which consisted of three Albanians and an Italian, an Italian. While listening on a call, officials overheard a person complaining about the damage caused by the hogs. Four suspects (laughs) were arrested on drug charges after the bust, which left two members in jail and two under house arrest. The gang came to the attention of police during an investigation to the killing of a 21-year-old Albanian last year in May. The scheme allegedly funneled drugs from a supply channel in Pergia to various provinces, including Siena and Arezzo. I I don't know. I'm not up on my Italian names (laughs) like I should be. The drug stash was hidden in the forest area in the Valdiciana Valley. Oh, yeah, that one. That valley. Yeah. Uh, Which has apparently been used for a long time as like a, a drug smuggling corridor. The suspects traded approximately, they met with the cops, this is how they got them, and traded approximately two kilos of coke every month, which netted the gang the equivalent between 90 and 120 per gram. Um, An unknown number of boars allegedly dug up and destroyed the gang's packages, dispersing their contents in the woods. Um, It's not immediately known what happened to the curious animals. I bet you they got barbecued if they could catch them. (laughs) I bet you that was... uh... Have some excellent ribs. Yes. Now it goes on apparently 
Italy's having the same problem with wild hogs as we are having. Mm-hmm. It says it's not just drug dealers outraged by the rising wild boar population in Italy. This month saw an unprecedented protest in Rome by farmers calling for action from the government, complaining the animals are to blame for land damage and road accidents. So, hmm. same thing we got going on in the southern United States. I don't know. Are there wild boars like in Michigan or whatever? I don't know. Significant populations. I know in Texas, they they are waging war. We got a lot of hogs down there. Yeah. The Sipsy Wilderness up Mm -hmm. there, when we were hiking last time, there were a ton of boar, you know, runs where they had torn up the ground and all that. And you're like, man, this is the prettiest place in Alabama. We need to kill these. But I don't know. I don't think they allow hunting in the Sipsy Wilderness. (laughs) I don't know. Do they? I don't think so. Huh. You can only go in once a year with a chainsaw and cut trees off the trail, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I thought, and you I can't have they, some hunters up there in Sipsy Wilderness with hikers all around. That's a recipe for a disaster. Well, maybe. I yeah. don't know. I mean, you're allowed to, I mean, you know. You can hunt on National Forest. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. National Forest you can. So, so maybe Bankhead National know. Forest you can, but, you know, Sipsy's. Contained within Bankhead National, yeah, like a, a, a wilderness area. I forget all the what what separates it, but I do know there's a separate classification right. for is you know a national forest and a wilderness right. area are two different things. A national forest you can harvest timber from, hunt on, and everything else. A wilderness area is untouched, except for like I said, once a year they'll let you mm-hmm. cut trees off a trail. But if a tree falls, nobody's going in there and logging anything, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, to get on my my national forest or wilderness area kick, you know, Sipsy Wilderness is the last, pretty much the last stand of the eastern hemlock tree. You know, it used to run all the way up the east okay. coast, and there's a an isolated population of that that hasn't been destroyed by some insect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Sipsy Wilderness is the only place where it's at. Didn't know that. If that insect ever makes it there, there will be no more eastern hemlock trees in the world. Oh, so. Well, you know, easy come, easy go. No, it's not. <laughs> That's not. It's an important part of our ecosystem, Tiny. Well, I mean, you know, natural selection. We got species dying out all the time. <laughs> but it's an invasive species that, of that bug. Of you the know? bug? Yeah. Well, how did they get here? It came in on some boat somewhere. <laughs> same, way the, same way the fire ants got here. I don't know. This sounds like you're uh, down on immigrants to me, John. I, no, I'm down on invasive pests. What's that worm we got now that's hitting in Alabama? Have you seen those? No. It's like a hammerhead worm or something. Whatever happened to murder hornets? Weren't they supposed to be like super yeah. duper scary? Uh, I think everybody, everybody's like, we got to focus on on uh, on COVID and not murder hornets. <laughs> but also, I feel like murder hornets and killer bees both were overhyped. Mm-hmm. You, know, like you get up here in the U.S. and we got some cold winters and all that, so maybe that helps take care of them. But killer bees were going to take us out. I remember in elementary school, I like I was, that, yeah, I was afraid of killer bees. But you, I mean, I remember it. But it was told to me that it's not like it's not like one killer bee would sting you and you'd be gone. No, they'd attack you like as a group, though. But it would take know? a bunch of them, wouldn't? Yeah, it? I mean, depending on your size, and, sure. You know, yeah, I like to think it would take at least an entire hive to take me down. Oh, a man your size? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're like a grizzly bear. Yeah, like it's not gonna. You're not gonna get one or two stings and die. It's y'all need to. Be y'all need to be afraid of Killer Tiny. That's right. <laughs> I can't afraid. You've got karate on them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 
I'll shut this hive down quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> you come after me. We uh, we we took Hudson back to camp. He had a wasp nest in his little cabin. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently been up there all summer, but I just noticed it. And he's like, right. "Oh, we got some raid." You know, I hate stinging insects. Mm-hmm. I hate things that pierce my skin. So needles, <laughs> stinging insects, uh, and he does too. Uh-huh. And so we were both like little scared little children, like. <laughs> We like squirt a little bit, run, and then come back and squirt a little bit more. But finally, we got them all. So I like to catch them and put them in that little bug box that's sure. behind you there on the desk. Yeah, there you go. Watch them. Just uh, watch them buzz around for a while. And then sometimes we set them loose. Sometimes we just watch them die. It yeah. just depends on how I'm feeling. What you need to do is get you a lizard to put in there and then catch you bugs and put oh, in Oh, yeah. That's, we did that. We had an aquarium, and mm-hmm. we caught two little green anole lizards or whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Put them in there, and then we would catch spiders and stuff and put them in there and watch the lizards eat them. It was amazing. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast. I know I told you about it. There was, I was coming home one night, working 3 at 11, and there was like this big, huge spider on the door, uh-huh. and I caught it, and I put it in there, and Tara was like, don't put that thing in here. And I was like, it's fine. It's in the little bug box. It's sure. fine. And we set it on the counter, and the boys are checking it out, and they think it's so cool or whatever. And it was, I don't know what kind of spider it was, but it was huge. Well, we go to bed that night. I wake up the next morning, and I walk into the kitchen, and there's the spiders just sitting there. And I go to, I think I went to go do check on something. I come back. Now, here's what it was. I started my coffee making. I went to go do something else. I come back to get my coffee, and all of a sudden, there's like little spiders (laughs) all over that box. And these spiders are small enough that they can crawl out of the air holes. Yes, right. And I was like, oh, no. Uh-oh. Better get the sound more Tara wakes up. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, co- cocaine hogs is basically John Daly, you know? <laughs> so, just put a bow on that story. Yeah. All right, John. Did you know that roughly 40% of single Japanese men in their 20s have never been on a date, according to a survey? I'm not surprised. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not surprised at all. Apparently, Japanese women, I guess they're just totally cool (laughs) Well, with this. For some reason, and from my research, uh, Japanese people have pixelated genitals. And that probably... (laughs) lowers the dating scene, you know, a lot. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably where it's at. Maybe they they all think that they're the only one. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's not how I look down yeah. there. No, I look way different than that. A little self-conscious I about don't want, it. I can't let a woman see me like this. <laughs> uh, also, it says that according to a government study, there's a lot of 20-something women who are yet to go on their first date, too. Because the dudes are afraid to ask them out. Well, I mean, they could, they could be dating each other, I suppose. Sure. But yeah. uh, apparently they're not, or at least the majority, or a lot of them, I should say. On Tuesday, the Japanese government's cabinet office released a new white paper on gender equality. The wide-ranging study presented a large variety of data about men and women in Japan. One statistic that's been met with shock is that according to the study, roughly 40% of unmarried Japanese men in their 20s have never been on a single date. Mm. As part of the paper's overarching goal of clarifying the current societal situation for men and women in Japan, the researchers asked participants in their 20s whether they were married, completely unattached, or had a lover. Ah. (laughs) 
the specific Japanese word, and I'm going to get this wrong, I'm sure. Koibito? Brad knows it. <laughs> he would He would know. Absolutely, <laughs> sure. he would. He would be a king in Japan. <laughs> Brad, move to Japan. He's you got would it. be a king. He's got Koibito tattooed on his shoulder, <laughs> across his shoulder blades. <laughs> <laughs> it refers to a romantic, although not necessarily sexual partner. So I stand by my statement. He's got Koibito <laughs> tattooed across his shoulder blades. Sure. Uh, it says that um, men in their 20s, no spouse or lover, 65.8%. Lover, 19.1%. Common law spouse, 1.5%. Mm-hmm. So, Shacking up. <laughs> only 1.5% of them. Sure. I mean, we got that beat just here in yeah, Alabama. No, we got that beat in the Southern <laughs> Baptist Convention. Yeah. And then spouse, 13.6%. And huh. then women in their 20s, no spouse or lover, 51.4%. Mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of single ladies yeah, over there. That's right. Uh, 27.3% had a lover, uh, 1.4% common law spouse, and then 19.8% had a spouse. Hmm. That's a significantly higher proportion of unattached young men than women. And that gap was further reflected when those same demographics were asked how many people they'd ever gone on a date with. Here's the graph of the response from men in their 20s with the solid green line for single. Okay, it's just basically describing this line here, but let me just show you. I mean, oh, yeah, that's worse than the stock market sure. right now. <laughs> it's worse than Bitcoin. <laughs> it looks like a reverse graph of inflation <laughs> right now. Uh, says that, um, anyway, yeah, roughly 40% of single men in their 20s say that they've never been on a date. Wow. By comparison, the chart for women in their 20s shows that about 25% of young women have never been on a date. Huh. Well, I would think, well, this is the old man in me, but <laughs> right. I like, guess these daggum video games everybody's playing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Like, uh, let me put this. Thomas was gone all week, you know, to mm-hmm. SOU or whatever. He gets home on Friday night and, you know, comes home, gets settled in, all that. And then Saturday night hung out with us. Sunday night hung out with all of us. And I finally, like, middle of the way through our odyssey to Lowe's and all that yesterday, I was like, Thomas, why are you not with your girlfriend? You know, it's like, if I would have been out for a week, the first call I would have made when I got back would have been to your mom. And I would have been like, hey, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, because I probably would have made out with her, you know, like, <laughs> like what is wrong with you? Yeah. Right. So he took her to a movie today. Okay. I don't know if he would have if I hadn't have, like hmm. shamed him into it. Like, what a kind of weirdo are you, man? Go <laughs> hang out with your girlfriend. What are you hanging out with your parents for? Huh? You're 16 years old. Get out there. Do some light petting, you know? <laughs> like, enjoy life. You're a teenager. I mean, y- your last name is Long. Do y'all have any Japanese <laughs> uh, genetic we might. in your background? Yeah. Really, no. Family we got, history? We're really more French and British than okay. anything else. There's some, well, I don't want to go too far. I did this last time, man. Our people came out of Norway into Britain. So, and hmm. then from there, some of them did. But yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's these daggum video games. It says it's not entirely uh, 
Japanese shyness. It says that Japanese society is very group-oriented that often extends to social life for college students and relatively new members of the workforce. Well, that's true for every college I mean, student. Yeah. You always hang out in a crowd, then you're like, I like the way that girl looks, so I'm going to talk to her when we're all together and then see if there's anything you going say, on. say, hey, let's get out of here. Right, yeah. <laughs> or you just get blackout drunk and meet some chick at a bar, and next thing you know, you're in a relationship with her. That's the way it works <laughs> at the University of Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, I mean, I don't know what to say of that. I do know that uh, I've read other stories to say that uh, Japan has an increasingly elderly population. Yeah. And it's getting to where there's more of them than there are yeah. you know, younger That's, people. Right. And that can be a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially for like a uh, homogenous ethnic country like Japan, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want that to go away. I mean, I know we're in America, we're all for diversity and all that, but we're, We've had everything for forever here, you know, but in Japan, it's it's mainly ja- it's Japanese people. You don't want them to, like, go extinct. Y'all need to start hooking up, you know? Let's call me. You know, I'll tell you what to do. Like, number one, you can't be afraid. I don't know. It always bother me guys are afraid of girls. I don't know. But have you ever seen The Grudge? No. Or The Ring? I have seen like, The Ring. I was about to say, Japanese girls, maybe they're just kind of scary. True. True, <laughs> but they all have those cute sailor outfits, you know. Really, right. they don't. They don't come crawling up out of wells. <laughs> I thought they like all soaking wet head to toe. <laughs> I assume they all look like anime girls, right? <laughs> I've never been to Japan, and that's what I assume. Yeah, yeah, no, they're just anime girls. So you just, I don't know, do whatever nerd stuff. They got to be into it, right? Hmm. Well, let's talk elephants. All right, okay. Elephants very smart, you know, one of the smartest mammals. They say they never forget to. An elephant kills a woman and then returns to her funeral to attack her corpse. Wow. I don't know what this lady had on the Clintons. (laughs) (laughs) This is from India. Bizarre animal stories are heard often, but none quite like the latest vicious and deadly elephant attack of a 68-year-old woman in India. Maya Murmu was collecting water in a repository in a Rai village located in the Mayamberthjan district in Odisha, India, where a herd of elephants came her when a herd of elephants came her way. That's when she tried to flee, but one of the elephants rushed towards her and trampled her. She was rushed to the hospital but died from her injuries. Tough to come back from an elephant trampling. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I mean I'm thinking, okay, at this point, I'm thinking, well, I mean, I it seems unprovoked. It, yes. It, right. I, I, I would imagine that happens in yeah. India. Yeah, I mean, every sometimes once in a while. you just Sometimes people get trampled by elephants you over there. You stumble upon a grumpy elephant, mm-hmm. and it, it tramples you. Uh, her family brought her body home for a funeral preparations to take place the same evening. So they're Baptists. They like to bury their people quickly. <laughs> as quick as possible. Yes. That's when a more unusual event occurred. As the ceremony was taking place, the Times of India reported that a herd of elephants appeared from the forest, sending villagers running. Oh, no. They left her body behind, of course. What does that say? I mean. You can't be thinking about the dead. This is a herd of elephants. Sure. Okay. We're all alive. Forget the dead person. (laughs) Like, you know, if you're a pallbearer at that funeral, there's probably a moment where you're like, are we supposed to get her right now or run? And they're like, we're running. Okay. We're running. Uh, One of the elephants then reportedly attacked the woman's corpse by picking up the body and throwing it in the air. 
That is rude. Yeah. Uh, there's a video, apparently, and I didn't watch it because I didn't read the whole article. <laughs> Could you send me that link? <laughs> yes. A herd of elephants can be seen at the edge of the forest with one chasing a villager as mourners yell towards the herd. The herd then destroyed her home with three other houses being damaged because of the attack. No one else in the village was reported to be harmed. A villager told the Times of India, we were terrified after witnessing the elephant herd on Thursday evening. We have never had such a ferocious elephant bunch earlier. Uh, Murmu's family was able to continue with the ceremony once the herd of elephants left the area. According to the uh, print, the elephant in question had strayed from a wildlife sanctuary, which is more than 100 miles away. Uh, The level of violence from a usually peaceful creature has many wondering what could have caused such behavior. One person tweeted, whatever that woman did to that elephant is the biggest mystery of the decade. Victim blaming. Yes. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) You ever know, anytime an animal does something, I mean, it doesn't take two seconds for someone to pipe up and say, these kind of attacks are very Very rare. rare. These animals are normally very peaceful, and it's never the animal's fault. Says, but uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, now look, I, I don't know all the ultimate details of what happened here, but sometimes animals are jerks too, right? Well, it says there's no confirmation of the elephant's motives, but many users online speculate that the woman was part of a poaching group that killed the elephant's baby. <laughs> Clearly. That would do it, you know? <laughs> That'll do it. But is there any evidence that this lady... Was part of a poaching group? Was part of a poaching group? No, but that's a great theory, and let's not destroy it, okay? (laughs) Do you think maybe that just poachers come through there and maybe killed a baby elephant, and so they just had to take revenge? They just found the first one? Yeah, Yeah, maybe so. She was just like the first one they saw, and we'll show y'all. Y'all keep killing us. We'll start killing y'all. But then to come back, like to the funeral. They want to let them know. Because elephants have funerals. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that they will like uh, come back to elephant skeletons and bones and stuff and more right. when they're dead. Yeah. yeah. Like elephants are, I mean, they're fascinating creatures. Mm-hmm. They're our mascot at the University of Alabama. And a lot of people are like, we should have a live elephant. And this story is <laughs> this why is we why should why not. We I would like to remind everyone, we don't need an elephant running amok in the lower bowl at Bryant-Denny Stadium, <laughs> tossing people left and right during a SEC tilt. Well, you got to get a new elephant every year. You, you know, a, so? little, a little baby one. <laughs> you know, like some drunk Bama fan is going to throw like a Jack Daniels bottle and beam I mean, it. I mean, when they get big, that's when you got to go on and sell sure. them to the circus. At one time we did. <laughs> sure. They treat them well in the circus. <laughs> At one time we did have an elephant, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it huh. was like back long, you know, like in our 30s or whatever. <laughs> when you could do that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I think somebody was like, look, um, how are we going to control? If this gets much bigger, y'all, what are we going to do? How we can how can we control it? Hmm. I don't know. But we should have got a circus trainer to come in there with a whip, like whip it around. That'd be kind of- <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, the elephant's like lifting up his corpse. Sure. Acting out his own little elephant puppet show. <laughs> Elephant like picks up Saban and tosses him across the field. (laughs) The rest of the SEC rejoices. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, that elephant is worshipped across the southeast. Everybody else changes their mascot to the elephant. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wild. Oh man. 
Well, let's talk about our friends at Cajun Curl. Uh, we want to thank them for their support. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Check them out at CajunCurl.com where you can order their spice right there on the website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, elephant, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice will change your life. I had it tonight on a sandwich. I just put it, sprinkled it on my sandwich. It was good. Delicious. Yeah, I don't know why my wife didn't cook dinner, you know? (laughs) On the website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice. But you'll also find recipes on there that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, has a little kick, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. All right. You want to go to the phones? Sure. For real. <laughs> we we got a we we phone call. Them. All right. <laughs> our first phone call comes from Stan. Hey, everybody. It's Stan. Recently, y'all were talking about deals with the devil and uh, so and so so let's put it in perspective what if people made a deal with the devil and took it back you ask what that would cost or what would happen well let's think back about Betty Holly, Jimi Hendrix Kurt Cobain etc all the artists and celebrities that died young maybe they made a deal with the devil and took back the deal and that's the reason that they died because that is the penalty of taking back your soul from the devil. Clearly, that's sure. what happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. It had nothing to do with drug use or <laughs> plane crashes. I mean, how do you argue with that kind of logic? I, I mean, I get where he's going with it. I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Jimi Hendrix got saved. Oh, did he? Well, uh, maybe this is Stan's theory. Jimi Hendrix sold his soul to the devil. Kurt Cobain sold his soul to the devil. And then he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Then Courtney Love shot him in his face for, you know, taking his soul back, so to speak. Right. Okay, I follow the logic. (laughs) Because... Kurt's music just wasn't going to be as big well, <laughs> once it's selling in Lifeway. Nirvana <laughs> praise and worship hymns. Here we are now. <laughs> Entertain us. <laughs> I mean, it's just a thought, you know. And, uh, you know, given that same circumstances there, you got Keith Richards that he, he must, him and the devil must be pretty close because he's still around. Let's not forget, he's sung about the devil. So, I mean, it kind of goes hands in hand. It kind of tells you what it is right there. All right, y'all have a good day. Bye. Happy Father's Day. Right. Thanks. Happy Appreciate Father's that. Day to you, Stan. I get what he's saying. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to 
I don't agree with the logic behind it, but I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't believe you could sell your soul to the devil. Right. I don't think you can. I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Devil ain't out here offering to buy souls. I, well, yeah, I think most people just, you know, willingly up for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> just willingly. Like, all you got to do is be like, look, I'm not I'm not down with God. So then he's got you. You don't have to make a deal for that. You know? Right. Yeah. If he was buying souls, it was like back during the Great Awakening. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Early church times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to keep this thing from getting off the ground. Yeah, yeah. Can't let everybody find out Jesus was resurrected. Yeah. And then we also have a... Uh, we have a call. <laughs> uh, we're going back into uh, proper oil disposal. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, John and Tiny. How's it going, man? This is Phil Zoot Suit. I'm just calling because I've heard that back in the 60s, they would dispose of used motor oil by spraying it on gravel roads to keep the dust down. Okay. I've also heard that they would dig a hole with a post hole digger and fill it with gravel. And then they would pour the oil in there, and it would just absorb into the ground and out of sight, out of mind. And future generations yeah. can, can come back and, and drill it up later. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but I personally like to use these things called storm drains, S-T-O-R-M. <laughs> and they're all over the place. There, there's one within walking distance of your house, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. The city puts them there. And you just pour your oil down those. See, storm stands for stuff the oil refineries make. <laughs> anyway, y'all have a good one. Bye. That's a great call. We're just giving it back to the earth. Sure. How do we know the reason climate control or climate would have changed? There is so uh, so crazy is because we are taking oil out of the earth. Right. And the earth needs this oil. We are trying to give it back. <laughs> <laughs> Has it occurred to you that maybe your lackadaisical attitude towards oil disposal <laughs> and my alt-right misogynist trope may have ran Jacqueline off? <laughs> <laughs> because I've been thinking about that. It's a distinct possibility. <laughs> <laughs> we may have. We may have lost one of our best listeners by taking a joke too far. I will say uh, I don't. Uh, I don't do that. I don't throw away oil no more. No, Y'all have. Uh, Look, I'm a changed person. My neighbor was. He had backed his truck out so he could change his oil the other day, and I wanted to go over and be like, "Did you run over there and stop him? You know how to dispose of that?" <laughs> but I figured his name's Earl. Uh, yeah, and I was like, Earl. Earl knows what to do. Really, you, you know? think so? Oh yeah, he's huh. gonna pour it right down in the creek over here, <laughs> like God intended. I was like, Earl's the one that taught yeah. me to just pour it back in the jug and throw it away. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, you think Earl's gonna go to the speedy oil change with his empties? Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. He's just dumping that maybe in the storm drain. <laughs> I mean, I know how to dispose of oil. Uh-huh. You take it down to AutoZone. Right. And they're not sure what they do with it. <laughs> they they, do they know they put it. it on a truck. And that truck sprays it on dirt roads. <laughs> Would that not be, like, terrible for traction? No, well, you know, uh, I think uh, in Cool Hand Luke, there's a scene where they're spraying oil huh. on the road. I always thought they were maybe tarring the road. But now that I think about it, that could have been what was going on in that scene. So, Man, I thought dumping oil on the road is what you did when you were playing Spy Hunter. <laughs> you were trying to... <laughs> 
get away from the bad guys so you would dump well, all on the road pavement. and they would spin out. Yeah, yeah. on pavement. Yeah, but if on a dirt road, it's just going <laughs> to keep the dust down. It's going to soak in that soil and eventually go back into the water table. And then, <laughs> and you don't have to come back and cut the grass on that sure, road. Right. <laughs> Keeps all the brush down. Yes, like yeah. God intended. <laughs> Like we drilled the oil out of the ground. Yeah. But now it's way down there. Is it not? It is way down there. Is it not bad for the earth down there? Well, we can get some oil that's not way down there, but I think you do fracking for that. And right. people don't like fracking at all. Okay. I'm not an expert on fracking. Yeah. But me I either. Thought, I thought fracking was you take like an oil well that's supposedly been tapped, but you can put a. Uh, like you know, diesel fuel or water. Okay, down there, fill it up, and then you can set off a charge. Yeah, and it like cracks all the shell, and there's more oil th- right. down there that you can get now that you couldn't get before. Yeah, and the reason people don't like it is because supposedly sometimes it may release other stuff. Yeah, into the water table. Right. Yeah. And people don't like it too because that limits the supply we have to buy from the Saudis. So <laughs> they really don't like it. <laughs> no. Do you know the number one exporter of oil now for the first time ever to China is Russia? Huh. Yeah. That doesn't, well, that does not surprise me. I, China's not standing with Ukraine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, they're like, yeah, no, send us all the oil ever. And Saudi Arabia's like, well, Wait, wait a minute now. I thought we were friends. I uh, I have no idea, but I would imagine gas prices in Russia and China are probably yeah not as bad. They probably no. got a surplus. Sure, I'll, because all the NATO countries aren't buying it, right? Well, they thought they weren't gonna buy their natural gas, and Putin was like, "Okay, yeah, let's see how long y'all can go without that that we're supplying you." <laughs> it's almost like the last president was like, "Y'all don't." need to be buying your stuff from him. And they're all like, oh, don't worry about it. And here we go. So, yeah. Anyways, that's all. Don't get me back yeah, on you. I'm not an expert. I don't know how to fix I it. I have completely ignored Russia and Ukraine. All I know is there's Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen a lot of pictures with okay. them holding a lot of Nazi stuff. Huh. And that Putin said he was going to get rid of them. Well, I don't think that's what he was doing. <laughs> well, if that's the case, maybe maybe Russia's the good guy here. I don't think Russia is the good guy, but <laughs> I don't think the Ukraine's the good guy either. We did come up with another like billion bucks to send them though. What, so what rest they, easy, Tiny. Uh, what are all they doing with this this money? I mean, what are they doing? What is Ukraine using this money for? Oh, I, to send it back to like politicians in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to get them to lobby for more? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just one big money laundering hmm. scheme where we donate to Ukraine, the Ukraine out the back door, hands it back to everybody, you know, that they promise it to. I don't want to name Hunter Biden, <laughs> but that's exactly what's going on. Well, I mean, I don't, I know everyone needs money, but I mean, we're already giving them weapons. Sure. It, I I guess this is why I'm not a five star general. This right. is why no one's asked me right. to sit in on these you know closed door hush hush meetings sure. about strategy and all this stuff. But I'm sure that they're I would like, think in a war what you need is soldiers and you need 
money and am, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, guns and ammunition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more than money. And yeah. if you're getting money, you're probably using that to hire mercenaries, maybe, or maybe, or buy Which, more weapons. We had a story. I didn't talk about it because it wasn't really funny. But two Americans have been captured fighting for the Ukraine, and they're both from Alabama. Roll Tide. <laughs> so. Um, there you go. That's, so the two uh, captured U- U.S. soldiers mm-hmm. who are going to draw the U.S. into this conflict, thereby kicking off World War III. Are yes. From, from Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. People forget the first American to die in the Afghani war was from Alabama, too. He was a that? CIA agent from Winfield, Alabama. His name was Mike Spann, Man, I believe. I hate that. Yeah. Us Alabamians will get on out there. So, <laughs> just so you know, we ain't afraid to fight. Yeah. Or get captured. Or get captured. Trump <laughs> or, would or hate us. Be the first uh be the first casualty. Remember when Trump talked smack on John McCain? He, he was did, like yes. the war heroes I like don't get captured. <laughs> <laughs> the man was a menace, you know? <laughs> but that is so funny. Like, oh, everybody likes this guy. No, I don't. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. We got a couple of dad jokes here. Okay, good. For Father's Day. <laughs> what happens when you swat Dwayne Johnson on the backside? You've hit rock bottom. Oh, there we uh, go. And then uh, what did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Mm, I don't know. Where's popcorn? Uh, <laughs> I like that one. I'll tell that one to Libby tonight. I'm trying to think. Oh, we also, uh, Monica, Hippie Monica, she oh, wrote wow. it in. She said that she found us from the Fringe Radio Network. Okay. So... Not surprised. <laughs> Not surprising. I hadn't heard from Hippie Monica in a while, but I'm glad that she's still out she's there. She's still listening. Yeah, one she, of our Canadian sisters. Yeah, and she gets us on uh, on the Fringe Radio right. Network. So Sorry about your despotic leader, Hippie <laughs> Monica, that is clearly racist for doing blackface multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And then try to play it off like he's a theater nerd. No, we understand. <laughs> All right, we understand. What else do we do? Oh, we... uh. We did. Oh, we did. We did. Okay. We also got a letter from Robert. Okay. He says, hey, guys, you mentioned Lake Mead's water level. When we moved to Las, Ant- Las Vegas in 1985, the lake was full and flowing over the Hoover Dam. And yes, Lake Mead is the lake that the Hoover Dam dams. Right. So okay. I was wrong on that. But you were right. To me. Credit to Tiny <laughs> credit for to being me. right. <laughs> smart. Tiny smart. Today, the level is down about 60%. That sounds a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Part of the issue is that uh, Nevada gets screwed every year. No, every time water rights are negotiated between Nevada, Arizona, and California, and Mexico, and Lake Powell ends up getting more water. So uh, I guess, they do they just pump water into lakes over there? Um, well, I think the Colorado River mm-hmm. has a lot of dams on it that create, you know, like Lake Tuscaloosa. Oh, okay. And yeah. so they're figuring out which lake they want to be their reservoir. Yeah, I guess okay. so. I, I, that's what I assume he's talking about. However, uh, severe drought has taken its toll. It doesn't help that Arizona does barely the minimum in water use restrictions. So this is people out there watering their lawns. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. This is your slip and slide. This is what slip and slide gets you in Arizona. <laughs> well, if you want to slip and slide, sure. you need to come here to yeah, Northport. Come, come on into Alabama. <laughs> you can slip and slide all you want. All day long. Sure. Now, your water may have a little oil in it, <laughs> but that just makes it slicker for the kids. <laughs> it's a speed oil. That's right. <laughs> it says front yard grass lawns are simply outlawed 
and people with high water bills are fined. You can walk around Phoenix, Phoenix neighborhoods and frolic in the sprinklers in the middle of the day. Oh, and California consistently votes down the option of building a desalinization plant off I'm, its coast and celebrates like they've saved the environment. <laughs> All the while, their precious Southern California climate has moved from Chap- C-H-A-P-A-R-R-A-L. Is that chaparral? Uh, yeah, I guess. To desert. Okay. But won't admit it. Uh, I'm not up on my geological me terms. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> write it right again next week sure. and tell us what chaparral means. I would imagine that's more of an arid forest climate. Okay. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. That's just a guess on my part. <laughs> he says, but we're not bitter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you would think that the Hoover Dam would at least generate power for the Las Vegas Valley. No, we don't get any of that. Huh. The lake is down so far that they're finding bodies from the 80s. I've heard that too. Wow. Yes. Yeah, like all the mob bodies yeah, and stuff. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. A local news station was on location while doing a story on a found body and then stumbled on another body while they were down there reporting on it. There you go. <laughs> oh, uh, P.S. I'm not expecting you to read this on the show. That <laughs> shows what you know. <laughs> <laughs> you doubt us. We're starved for content. <laughs> Uh, it says it's not funny or anything. Call it a manifesto. <laughs> and then that's Robert from Hendertucky. All right. Well, thank you yeah. for writing in, Robert. Sounds like Robert needs to move to Alabama. Yeah, you know? we we got slipping sure. slides. <laughs> yeah. You want to get probably in the Huntsville region, maybe Fairhope, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. I'd stay out of West Central Alabama where we live. And... Uh, Birmingham's done a lot of things. I give Birmingham a hard time. It's a pretty nice city. If you're in the suburbs. Yeah. (laughs) Except that dude walked into church and killed those people. Did you see that? Oh, I I, I don't. I'm not like familiar with the story. I just saw the headline. There's some dude that was like, he owned a gun store or something or like a fire. He was a firearms dealer. Mm -hmm. And he was an occasional, you know, he'd come to church every once in a while. His old dudes walked in and shot a couple of people. What was he mad about? I don't think anybody knows yet. Huh. Yeah. Maybe he didn't get invited to the potluck or something. Got his feelings hurt. Well, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, so prayers to them. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Yeah, thoughts as and prayers. As useless as they are, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll send those up for you. Sure. Or John will. I will. Tiny would never will. He won't donate blood or his organs either. Yeah. And he pours oil right into the ground. <laughs> How terrible he would be in. I'm much worse than you. Like, that's a funny thing. <laughs> Is I'm much worse than you. Yeah. Yeah. John goes to the store and buys oil just to pour it in the ground <laughs> because he won't change his own. I, I get in a boat in Lake Tuscaloosa <laughs> and I just dump quarts of oil in the water. I ride loops and dump quarts of oil in the water. Yeah. Just because, I mean. Just for funsies. <laughs> here in the Southeast, that's how we make it rain. That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to help the oil industry, yeah. you know? We don't have legal gambling, so <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we flaunt our wealth by just throwing oil and gas around. This lady I work with, she loves Jesus, all right? Yeah. She's a big-time Jesus person. She was telling me today she was taking a few days off in a few weeks, and her husband had got them a room at the casino down in Biloxi. Probably got it for free, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was like a little conflicted about it and everything, and I was like, look, the Bible doesn't specifically prohibit gambling. So just so you know, mm-hmm. she's like, well, I'm just going to stay on the beach. It's like, get on them slots, girl. 
<laughs> like that's what the Lord wants you to do. You think He would have provided you with a free room and didn't that's expect why, you to play like, roulette? That's why, that's why they're giving you that yeah. room is so you'll go down there and give them yeah. all your other money. Yeah, right. I think you do have to gamble a little bit to get the free meals. I don't know. I'm I don't gamble. I have an addictive personality, and I will mm-hmm. lose everything I ever have if I start like casino gambling. Right. Yeah. John uh, has to stick with the stocks. Yeah, I I bet with my life every day. <laughs> you know, I haven't been to the doctor in years. <laughs> yeah, I gamble with my life. Well, John, before we... Oh, wait. No, we got questions. Oh, wow. Yes, I was fixing to thank the patrons. Patrons, your time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> they all perked up. You know? <laughs> They're like, oh. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. But we like to ask John questions on the show. If you have any questions for John, you can head on over to our Discord server, link in the show notes. Uh, our first question comes from... The driver, have you ever reached for your phone vibrating in your pocket only to discover that it's not in your pocket? Uh, yes, I have. Huh. Yeah. I get false vibrations since uh, or with my phone a lot. Whether yeah, I was about to you say, know, I've, I've done the. I think I'll get a text or whatever. Yeah, my phone feels like, or I think it's vibrating. Yeah, but then it's my phone. Like I didn't get a text or anything. Right. It just yeah. yeah yeah that's the CIA. They're doing that. <laughs> Try to keep you addicted. Cash money oddity thousandaire says <laughs> he lost a little bit in the crypto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say medicine advances and brain transplants are possible. Does the patient wake up the the same person or does the donor wake up in a new body? Donor wakes up in a new body. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but from all the research I've done (laughs) watching sci-fi science fiction, it's like plugging a hard drive into a new computer. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. That's what I would think. Your brain is your consciousness, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Next question, the driver. How many people do you have to kill to be considered a serial killer asking for a friend? Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I would say five. No, you're wrong. Oh, yeah? The definition of a serial killer is three or more with a cooldown period in between. Okay. So this is why someone just goes on a shooting spree. They're what's considered a mass murderer, not right. a serial killer, because you need, you need that cool-off period. Huh. Okay. Typically, this is someone who will go out, commit a homicide, like plan it out, do it, and then and then you know, chill out for a month. You know, slink back to the shadows right. and then plan their next murder. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You know a lot about serial killers, Tony. <laughs> I do. I know a lot about them. Sure. <laughs> I heard uh, the Night Stalker poured his oil down the drain too. <laughs> Chris, he just pointed out, he says, odds are one of your truck driver friends is a serial killer. <laughs> That's right. Keith Hunter Jesperson, he was a serial killer. He okay. was a truck driver. That's why it took him so long to catch him. I feel like serial killers have kind of faded, you know? Like, they probably hit a peak popularity in the 80s, but I hadn't heard too much about serial killers lately. Dahmer I mean, was probably the last one, maybe. I feel like now you've really got to be, uh, you got to be, like, super-duper scary. But yeah. There's, there's still, there's still a lot of them. There's probably some you we don't even know, you know. Well, I don't know if you here several years back there was a a mini series on I think it was Lifetime. There's, uh, they think there's a serial killer that's currently operating in Ohio. What about the Smiley Face Killer? Have you the heard about face that? Smiley Face Killers. Yeah. Yes, I'm unconvinced. Yeah. <laughs> but I have heard it's a, okay. 
It's a it's a it's a fun theory. But yeah. there were so many. I feel like when I was growing up in the good old days, in the good old days, <laughs> before all these kids got on video games. Video games have up school shootings, but down on serial killers. Mm-hmm. It's a trade off. <laughs> yeah, it's a trade-off. I don't believe video games contribute to school shootings. Well, it was. I mean, it was, it was it was like comic books before that. I mean, the, yeah, we, like we're always, butthead. I feel like. Just us as a society, we're always going to find something to point the finger at rather sure. than the individual that's responsible for it. It's going to be video games. It's going to be whatever, movies, violent TV. Well, it's know. almost as if the Bible says there's a great falling away, you know, towards <laughs> the end times. But it doesn't really put like a huge time frame on that. So maybe we're in the midst of a great falling away. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Phil Zoot Suit says, if a Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, what are some things spiders do that Spider-Man needs to do more of? Shoot webs out of his butt. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my number one one. I would like to see Tobey Maguire do that. <laughs> Goose says, if you are a Calvinist, can you be predestined to sell your soul to the devil? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not a Calvinist. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a Christian, okay. Right. I don't, I don't, I'm not in either camp. But yes, you can be predestined <laughs> to do that. I mean, if you are a Calvinist, you have to su- assume that yes, I mean, it's possible, right? right <laughs> that the Lord planned for you to do that. I mean, think of it this way, uh, John. Do you believe in unicorns? No, I do not believe in unicorns either. Right. That said, the universe is incredibly vast. In sure. fact, it's so big, me and you cannot comprehend how big it is. Yes. Just one unicorn has to exist to in prove. this universe for us to be mistaken. That's true. So, yeah, who I, knows? Anything's possible. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> the idea for unicorns didn't come from nowhere, you know? like <laughs> Right. Or dragons, too, you know? Yeah. Like, I always wonder about dragons. I have no idea. I always thought that, uh, I mean, humans didn't first discover dinosaur skeletons in the 1800s, did they? I mean, surely yeah. people have dig- dug them up before then, I would Oh, think. yeah. yeah. Probably, they probably dug up bones and all kind of stuff. And I'm just yeah. thinking, I mean, if you dig up like a big old thigh bone, you're like, well, sure. where did this come from? There must <laughs> be a dragon out there. I have no idea. Sure. So. Like a triceratops skull with all with <laughs> yeah. two of the things broken off of it. Uh-huh. You're like, that's a unicorn. <laughs> A big, big unicorn. That's a real big one. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) next question. Does a state of being extremely sinful exist, or have we all fallen short equally and equally in need of salvation? I would say, well, this is your saying. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. You're (laughs) much more qualified to answer this. (laughs) I hate to to jump in here. My understanding is, like, as far as, like, on human terms, yes, Mm -hmm. some people... Are worse than other people. This is why Ghislaine Maxwell's in jail and I'm not. Right. Because I've never started a pedo ring. Sure. Where we blackmail, you know, right. politicians. Ye- yet. <laughs> but I am equally capable of doing bad things. Sure. Like, you know, you take a piece of dynamite, you, you, you light one and you throw it into a crowd of people and blow up a bunch of people. And then you light one. And you throw it out behind your your, your dad's 40-acre right. plot, and you just have a fun 4th of July, and no one gets hurt. Sure. They're both sticks of dynamite. Right. They just have the capability of, of you know, causing great. Right. Does that make sense? No, no, no. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's what I would say is uh, 
in a worldly sense, mm-hmm. yes, there are sinners who are worse than other sinners. Yes. You know. But we all equally fall short right. of God's standard of perfection. Right, yeah, and that's the thing. God's <laughs> yes. standard is perfection. Mm-hmm. And none of us are perfect. Only been one dude that was, you know, that we know about. That we believe. Yeah, yes. that we believe. Yeah, as Christians. Mm-hmm. And so we're all in the same boat in God's eyes as far as sin making us unholy. Right. So, yeah. That's how I've always viewed it. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are differing opinions in the world, but that's just kind of what I look at it like. Like I, if one like if uh you know, if one dude killed ten people and then one dude killed twelve people. Yeah. They're kind of both even, right? Sure. It's right. not like one dude is like way worse yeah. than the other guy. But here's the thing: um, if that the dude that kills ten people and the dude who cheats on his wife are the same in God's eye, you yeah, know, right? Because they've both fallen short of the standard of, of perfection, which sounds ridiculous to us. But, but the reason God. it sounds ridiculous to us is because we're sinful people. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you do have to pay earthly consequences for your sins mm-hmm. and you have to pay eternal consequences for your sins if you don't get covered in grace. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So it looks sinners. Y'all better turn around. <laughs> yes. All right. All you got to do is say you're sorry. Yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> It's not oh, that hard. Yes. Yeah. I, I just feel like uh, a lot of people uh, try to prescribe human emotions to God, and mm-hmm. that's a fatal mistake that you can make. Yeah. You know? Right. Not necessarily fatal in that sense of like your eternal salvation or whatever. I just think it's a very uh, misguided opinion to go, you know, this guy's worse than this guy. In God's eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you get cults and stuff started. <laughs> oh, I watched one. There's a Netflix series on the FLDS. You know about them? I've watched it as okay. well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, all I really want to say about that is I kind of want Dieter to start dressing like those ladies. Are yeah. you serious? Oh, yeah. With those big old dresses <laughs> and their long hair and everything. They look like uh, they're straight out of a little house on the prairie. Something tells me that old Warren Jeffs did not have his wife dressing like that. Not in the bedroom. <laughs> or in that back part of the temple. Sure, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that was a wild ride. I oh, had read yeah. an article a long time ago, and I want to say it was in Reader's Digest, mm-hmm. about two of the people who left the church, and they stole, like, the, they had all this, like, precious metal, silver and gold, like, in a closet in a house, in Warren Jeffs' house or whatever, in yeah. that little city. And they rolled up and stole all of it and left, like hightailed it out of town. And they were living like on a ranch in Montana or something. Who's that? Two people who escaped the cult, basically. But they knew where it was. But they knew where the thing was. And so they did a whole article. And this is back when he was first getting in trouble, Mm -hmm. I guess, in the mid-2000s or whatever. Good for them. uh, And they were like, yeah, we took all that because who's he going to tell? You know, like the IRS, <laughs> you know, like so we just took all that. He owes that to us. So, huh. yeah, well, it's good pretty for cool. Them. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk more about that in the patron. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that was, I, I was fascinated. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, and no offense to any of our Mormon listeners, you guys are just, I don't know what's going on with you guys. I don't have enough knowledge of Mormonism. You well, know? again, th- these were like the, this was like not mainline yeah, right. these Mormonism. People, right. This was more fundamental. Yeah. They, Fundamentalist. They Mormon. were like, uh, they pulled away from the Mormon. Like, you guys are too liberal for us. Yeah. You know, like mainline uh, you know, Mormons, they were like, okay, look, we got to be a state. 
Yeah. And Uncle Sam is not cool. Those no, all these wives. Yeah, right. We need to put an end to that. Sure. Look, I'm going to go have a revelation from God saying we don't do that no more. <laughs> and then this other group was like, no, this is what yeah. Joseph Smith, he liked the ladies. Right. We do too. We're still going to do that. Well, and I think uh, Warren's dad outside of being like forever old and marrying like 19-year-olds. He wasn't doing any of the weird stuff that war was. At least I mean, that's I how about, it made it look. Uh, well, you know what? We'll talk about it more. Yeah. yeah we don't, join the Patreon. <laughs> yes. Join the Patreon. You can hear us talk about Mormons. <laughs> Fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah, right. Look, yeah. I love Steve Young, great Mormon. You know, mm-hmm. he's Kendall Brigham Young. All-time, probably greatest left-handed quarterback outside of Kenley, Kenny Stabler. So there you Mitt go. Mitt Romney. Not my favorite Mormon. Yeah, not my favorite. <laughs> but not bad. I will say Salt Lake City, cleanest city I've ever been to in my life. Those Mormons pick up their litter, or they don't litter. You know, maybe it's a sin to litter. Maybe we get the Baptist churches on saying it's a sin to litter, and Alabama will clean up. Hmm. Yeah, Maybe. I think but it is. is. You're not caring for the garden. That was our first job, really. Yeah. Well, John, you know what we need to do? We need to thank our patrons. Yes. We thank each and every one of you so much. We would like to... Thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And those fine, fine individuals are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Angela Pinto, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Mr. Hank Hernandez, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Ms. Mr. Josh Dodd, Mr. Shane White, Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Todd Glover, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick Wheel. We thank you all so much for donating to the show, supporting what we do. And if you would like to become a patron, dude, it's so easy. Yeah. All you got to do is go to www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And then slash Earth Oddity. We have several different tiers, but the $5 tier, $5 is nothing. No. And that gives you an extended show every single week. Here lately, it's been like a whole nother show. Yeah. For one gallon of gas. (laughs) Yes. You can support me and Tiny <laughs> in our mission to overtake the podcasting world. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's patreon.com slash earth oddity. Extend your oddity. And speaking of extensions, what we got coming up in the extension this week? We're going to talk about the World Cup. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I know you're a big soccer fan. <laughs> eh. Eh. <laughs> I have a story about paratroopers being banned from NATO deployment. After some photos. Ah, uh, not good. Came out. Yeah, not good. And then I, I, I assume we're going to talk about this uh, pray and obey. Keep oh, sweet. That's what I was calling it. Keep sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was telling that to Libby last night. She's, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a Patreon too. Is she, are you getting ready to turn her in? I was going, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you all about that too. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, nope. Just join the Patreon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Whether you join the Patreon or not, I, it's an honor that you choose to listen to this verbal diarrhea <laughs> once a week. That comes from me. Tiny's much more cogent I and intelligent than more. I. <laughs> so I appreciate you tolerating me. So yes. Going, I'm having a stroke over here. Thank you for listening to Earth Oddity. Yes, thank you for listening to Earth Oddity. Uh, thank you for downloading us no matter where you get us. There's <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all those. 
If you would like to write into the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. That's right. If you would like to tweet at us, you can tweet at us at underscore earthoddity on Twitter. That's right. We have some show art. You can check that out at underscore earthoddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server, link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text or send dad jokes to. That's right. What's that phone number? That is 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. All right, patrons, we're here. We're ready to talk about cool stuff um i want to start out before we get on mormons keep sweet (laughs) here's things i've wrote down this week you can pick one topic i'll talk to you about it okay um protein bar quest my business idea of helping married guys get laid (laughs) Um, that sounds like the perfect business for a conservative southern i thought it would dovetail